1: What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to Believe in Lions right here on the Believe Podcasting Network. You know that's Detroit's number one sports podcasting network where we believe in the Detroit Lions. And by the end of this episode, so will you. I'm excited again to bring on Benny Blades. Before I introduce him, I got to say, Benny, are you all right over there? We've got a hurricane in South Florida. South Florida is the hot spot still for COVID. I mean, are we doing okay down there?
2: well i i do live in south florida where everything is hot already and so it just was natural that we're the hot spot when it comes to COVID. and hurricanes run rampant down here in south florida anyway and so i i think uh we as south floridians we kind of you know kind of shun at uh getting ready for hurricanes if it's a category one or two That's just a breeze, but you know if it's a three, four, or five, oh, you bet believe we're we're getting ready for that. (laughs) All right, you you're not scared
1: of those yet. You are scared of weather. We we found that out last week. That weather is your kryptonite. But other than that, you're a tough guy. We found that out on the show. So cold uh, weather is my kryptonite. Cold cold weather. That's right. I better better specify. You you like the warmth (laughs) of uh, South Florida? I don't know. Maybe down there in uh, Miami. There you go. It's about the you. <laughs> no doubt. I'm sure we'll sneak the U in a couple more times, but uh, we got a fun show packed for everybody. Um, we're going to talk some quick news and notes uh, just to get everybody up to speed on what's going on with the Lions. But the main part of the show is going to be about team culture. I thought this would be a great topic for Benny to talk about, about what, what does team culture mean? You know, how, how do you build that rapport with your teammates? You know, w- Let's look at the Lions team culture over the last couple of years under Matt Patricia and where they're headed. Um, does that equal wins? Is that a big problem? We'll talk all about it. But uh, before we get to that, Benny, we, we've got some news and notes. Matt Stafford has COVID-19. Oh, wait. No, he doesn't. It was a false positive. Everybody's freaking out about the quarterback having uh, COVID. He does not have it. Oh, hey, Benny, Kenny Galladay's got COVID. Oh, wait. No, he doesn't. He's back on the team already ready to go. Justin Coleman has it, though. Oh, no, he doesn't. He's back already. Like, this has been a crazy week for the Lions. Lots of guys coming down with this, and then they're already back up on the team. Um, doesn't seem to be a big issue. Any uh, any concerns about this throughout the year? of guys going to continue to be be said they have it? Maybe they don't. Maybe they do. How quickly can they return? What do you think about all this?
2: Well, the, the problem I have with this whole COVID thing is you can test positive. Like they say, it could be a fake positive but i don't know what a fake positive is you know and then two days later you're negative so this whole man-made uh disaster that we're going through i i I just don't i can't wrap my whole brain around this this phenomenon It's, it's it's one of those things it's like okay are you pregnant or you're not pregnant yeah just let me know yeah exactly okay? you, you it's not one of those things you're going to take the day after pill and boom i'm not pregnant anymore so i just want the league to be truthful about who has it and who does not have it don't tell a kid he's covet positive and then two days later oh we made a mistake you're 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 putting the whole nfl you know in, in a head spin Thinking that this guy has it and he doesn't have it. And so it, 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 it's it's I it's gonna be one of those things where you might tell fourteen players the night before the game, Oh, you're COVID positive. You can't play today. And then on Tuesday he's okay. And I, this guy has missed the game. So what are you what are you gonna tell the the especially the bookies in Vegas? They they don't know what to do now. They're like, <laughs> yeah. wow. Is
1: he playing or is he not playing? So I, 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 I just don't know about this whole COVID mess. Yeah, it's gonna It's going to be a, you know, uh, an absolute mess, as you just called it through the whole year. My, my thing is, like you say, you can always get a, a medical test that might be a little off. You know, Matt Stafford's wife uh, went off on Instagram saying yeah, because that. of that, you know, kids got uh, shunned from school and all this stuff happened. And, you know, it's kind of like, you know, I'm, I'm sure they weren't trying to, you know, give him a, a wrong test result on purpose, but everybody's trying to be extra careful. The other hard thing, like you said, with this whole deal, and, and we're not going to talk a about COVID because we got football to talk about, but like, you know, some people are passing away and I don't want to make that, make light of that either. You know, people have lost loved ones because of this disease, but the weird part about it is like other people get it and they don't know they have it some people get it and then two days later they don't have it. It's like, it, it has no consistency, you know, as far as um, you know, what this does or how to detect it. We don't even have good tests. We don't have good, you know, obviously no vaccine. I mean, it's the, mo- the weirdest thing and obviously you can't, can't see it and you don't even know you have it. So like you said, I think throughout the NFL season, it's going to be a mess with people just, Dropping right before games, you know, people not knowing who's up, who's down. And then also, like you said, sometimes it's not even that you have it. It's just that you were somewhat close to somebody who did, which makes it really odd, too. It's not even like, yep, you either have it and you can't play or you don't have it and you're good. Sometimes you're not good because you were just around somebody that either might have it or tested positive. So it's it's going to be crazy. But um, we'll see what happens. Well, I just well, thought well, it was well,
2: curious. Well, Go ahead. Derek, we're, we're coming up into what has always been deemed the worst part of the NFL season is the flu season. Right. Now, so are are you going to tell one of your star players that may come in with a high temperature because he has a a real bad cold? Oh, you have COVID. You can't play now. Are you serious? That's a a good point. I'm like you. I don't want to talk about this COVID thing too much. Let's get on with the show. All right. I, I do. I, I do have another
1: item, though, that I that interests me. And I'm really curious. I'm, uh, I, actually, I'm not as curious because I think I know what your answer is. But I want to have you tell the people uh, why it's the case. So, Benny, there's they put in this opt out clause where guys could say, ah, I just don't feel comfortable. I've got a wife and kid at, at home. I don't want to put them in jeopardy. I've got parents at home. Um, you know, other circumstances, and some guys just like don't want to take all the tests, don't want to deal with all this uh, hoops to jump through, and so people can opt out. You know, for uh, 150,000 or 350,000 if they're uh, high risk. My question to you, and I, you got to have a good response to this: Would Benny Blades, with the safety of the Detroit Lions, the guy that would take your head off, and loved football, played it, you know, at the U at a high level? It's all up. Would that guy that was winning national championships and balling out for the Detroit Lions, would he opt out of a season and leave his teammates dry? Or would he be afraid of this and not show up? Or, you know, do you you want
2: my political answer or do you want the real answer? Benny, this is B-L-E-A-V and Lions. I want the real stuff. I am not going to opt out. Look, I'm going to work right now. I'm, I'm pressuring, okay, the kids to come out to come and be a part of the the, the speed camp, well, fitness camp that I have going on at the park. So for me to opt out and and miss a Sunday or a Monday of making your nose snot, please. (laughs) Who's going to do that? (laughs) I wouldn't do that. I'm just saying that's just me personally. You know What, what, what uh, do you uh, think uh, Spielman uh, might say if you said, uh, I think oh, I'm going to opt out? Thank you. <laughs> me and Spielman opting out, not, not going to happen.
0: <laughs> that, oh.
2: That's one of those guys that, I'm going to tell you something, he could be in my foxhole any day. <laughs> you can line up 200 people and me and Spiel, it's, it's all good.
1: Oh, man, that, that's great stuff. And, and again, we're having fun here on the show. I'll give the political side a little bit. I mean, obviously, we're not making light of somebody that may really have a, a crucial situation or a medical thing that could really flare up due to this. I mean, you do have to protect yourself a little bit. There's no question. But I knew a guy like Benny Blades, if, if his doctors aren't telling him, there's no way he can play. He, right. He's not opting out of any football, any uh, thing that has to do with his teammates. He's out there ready to rock and roll. So
2: I, I knew yeah, you yeah, had yeah, good thoughts yeah, on here's that. Here's the problem now. In a a world of uncertainty, you know, I've, I've talked about this, you know, on the last few shows, you got people that play football for the love of the game. You know, I'm not I'm not I don't begrudge anybody who wants to just not play or not go to work because they fear of getting sick because they have underlying issues. I tell people all the time, I mean, I go to work, I risk my life going over to the park and making sure those kids get a piece of Benny Blades every day. You know, look, if you don't want to come to work, I'm not going to be the one to say, hey, look, you don't have to come to work. But if you're going to come to work, give me 100% of you. But don't, don't look down on me because I decided... To go to work and see that that's going to be the thing. You're going to have key star players that say, "You know what? I'm going to opt out. I, I'm, you know, my family, my wife, my kids—they mean more to me than the game. I understand that, but yeah, you know, are are you going to miss out on eight to ten million dollars and and take the opt-out clause?" I don't know if the opt out clause is gonna be the same for a guy who's making eight million dollars and you're gonna pay him one fifty. Yeah. I, I don't <laughs> yeah. know how that whole thing I don't know how that whole thing's gonna play out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, that's
1: uh that's a crazy decision a few players have made to give up huge chunks of money. Um, you know, uh, just there's a lot to be involved. But I'm right there with you on sometimes we can't live. Um, you got to be smart, but you can't live scared. Like you, you don't know what could happen tomorrow. So, um, you know, if you're healthy and your family is decently healthy, I think you got to somewhat go out there for the game, for your teammates. And just because, you know, other than this medical thing is going on, like anything could happen. You walk across the street tomorrow or you get in your car, you don't know what's going to happen. So you just have to live it one day at a time. And, and I, I like what you said about it. if you're going to come out, make sure that you're ready to roll hundred percent, you know, don't be tiptoeing right. around either.
2: You know, it's, it's one of those uh, situations. Like I told you earlier in one of our shows, Mike Utley paralyzed yep. on the field. You know, Derek Brown pretty much died on the field. You don't know football takes you to a multitude of risk. I understand COVID is out there. I understand that flu season has killed more people. Yeah, you know than COVID. And yep. so I tell people, we, we run through that risk every year during flu season. Yep. So, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's a personal decision. I don't begrudge anybody who takes the opt-out. But like I said, if you're going to come, you know, let's just be 100%. That's all. Just give it your All, <laughs> all right.
1: And, and to end it on this, Benny Blades is strapping him up. He's playing.
2: Oh, you bet believe, you know. My, my, look, my kids and my wife will tell you, <laughs> I go to work right now, you know. I don't care. Derek, my back's been out for the last three, almost four days. It don't matter, you know, just like I was when I played. Tape but, it out. You know, look, my boss told me today, he says, I don't want to see you here. I, You know, he says, Benny, you're only supposed to be to work for 40 hours during the week. I'm just going to tell you. I saw your back been hurting the last few days. I didn't expect to see you, but I don't think I want to see you here tomorrow. I said, I- "I'll see you tomorrow." He said, "Ben, <laughs> I'm telling you, I don't want to see you tomorrow. I'll see you tomorrow." Because <laughs> that's, I'm that's, just, I'm just not one of those people. I mean, we we all have a little aches and pains, that's just how life throws us those curveballs as we get older, Derek. No doubt. And so I mean, you you have, if I tell people if God gives me life, health, and strength, and I'm breathing, You know, it's, it's my civic and my moral duty, especially, I, there's kids that show up to that park every day. They have nothing to do. So I, I gotta give them a belief that I'm gonna show up and let me just show you how life is. Let me just show you things that's gonna make you better.
1: No doubt. That's great stuff. I'm glad I asked you. I knew I'd get a, a good answer. And and Benny, before we move on to the culture, because uh, I think that's going to be really fun for everybody here. Are, are you still locking up everybody on this playground? I mean, are you, are you still going sideline to sideline? Are you able to you, you able to get down there and press man? I mean, how, how, how are you doing these days uh, with your coverage?
2: No, no. You can't tell the kids about the press man no more. It ain't no more of that. <laughs> no, nope. you no. Know, it, 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 no, it's turn and run. You teach teaching the turn and run technique. Because there, there's no more Benny Blades, Chris Billman days. There's more of that okay. ain't no choking around the neck. You know <laughs> when they trying to get off the ball, can't do that anymore. Okay, okay. You're, you have, you're you're teaching you the new teach, game. You have to teach the techniques that these kids have to play with now. Okay.
1: All right. Well, good stuff. I I know they they are learning from a great one. And uh, the reason you have that mentality is why you're so good on the field and in college and uh, why you bring it here on Believe in Lions, which I love. So Benny, let's, let's keep the show moving and talk about culture. Um, First thing I had about it. I mean, you know, culture, how, how important is team culture and and how do you build a great football culture?
2: I'm glad you asked that second part because Culture is built. People think, you know, you can get 22 starters in a locker room and you have team culture. No. Culture is believing in that teammate that you know he's going to solidly, 100% give you his all play after play after play. So when when you get – 53 guys on the roster. If I can't trust the bottom of the roster, just like you trust the top of the roster, then you, you don't have culture in that locker room. Those things are built along the way. And people always talk about the Chicago Bulls. They talk about the Detroit Pistons. They talk about the San Francisco 49ers. They talk about the New England Patriots. Those Cultures were built. You cannot go into those locker rooms and say, hey, look, I'm just going to show up and be a player that's going to make money and not give you 100%. (laughs) You think Tom Brady would have dealt with that? You think Joe Montana would have dealt with that? No. No. (laughs) Players build culture. You're not going to take less than 100% from a guy. And that's why during those 90s, we believe so much in one another to where culture was built. I go back to my first two years in Detroit. Man, there was no culture there. I mean, I look, coming from the you where culture was built down there those four years because we all believed in one another, and then you go to a locker room where there was what? Man. Why are you here? <laughs> you know, I Like I told you, I just didn't believe in what the product they were putting out. Because when players don't believe in players, you, 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 you often question yourself. Why am I here giving 100%? Well, he's only giving 30.
1: No doubt. Hey, Benny, I got a couple quick follow-ups for you. You mentioned the word believe a few times. How would you spell that? B-L-E-A-V. <laughs> Believe in us. <laughs> absolutely. And then you mentioned a school. What was that school again? I was just curious. The U,
2: of- Derek, is all about the U. It's all about the U. <laughs> oh, absolutely.
1: Now now I now I got some serious follow-ups for you. So that was a two part question. And like the first part is it important? I think everybody would say, Oh yeah, culture is important. Like it's, it's maybe one of the most important things to team sports. But like you said, the building part is not only the hard part. It is the important part. So I'll transition into this next question. But like you say, everybody will say it's important. How do you build it? And the building is important. So Matt, Patricia came in here two years ago with the Detroit lions and They had had what I call the Jim Caldwell Country Club, which was like Jim Caldwell got wins and he had a veteran team and and he did some really good things here for the Detroit Lions. But I felt like he ran a really, you know – They like to call it player friendly, but I thought it was a little bit weak. You know, we'd go to training camp and, you know, he's just standing in the middle of the field and and just running these weak practices. So Matt Patricia comes in, starts cracking the whip, getting in people's faces, getting out there in practice, you know, having a high standard, changing everything in the building. And he got beat up for that. You know, everybody said, oh, he's just it's a terrible culture. The players don't respect him. You know, all these reports are coming out left, right and center about him. Um, you know he's kind of changed a little bit here the last year or so, but I think he's still a smart, tough guy that wants to run a team similar to like the Patriots, where because he wants to get wins like that team did over a long period. Do you think you think that's fair? I'm sure you heard some of this about him his first couple of years. Oh man, he's a tough guy, he's rude, he's he's just swearing at the players. You know he's pushing them hard in practice. He's making them
2: run run the hills. You know all this stuff. Well, Do you well, think Jerry, that's fair or not fair? I I thought that's why we brought him in. To the Detroit Lions organization, we did, and I loved it. He, but I'm saying everybody he, he else killed him. He was for supposed it. to be a Belichick clone, you know. <laughs> Belichick is no nonsense from top to bottom. Every player has to be accountable. Right. I mean, in that New England, New England's organization, Tom Brady was held accountable. Absolutely. So when Matt Patricia came over to the Lions. Everybody from Matthew Stafford down to the 53rd man on the roster has to be accountable. So if I'm going to get in Matthew Stafford's face, why can't I get in the face of that guy that nobody knows who's the 53rd man on the roster? Everybody has to be. And that's how you build from a coach's standpoint. Now, from his standpoint, no matter what you do, Jim Caldwell was a laid-back Wayne Fonts. Wayne Fonts was a player's coach, mm-hmm. but behind closed doors, like I said, Wayne would have his little inner meetings with the with the what he called the veterans of the team, his, his captains, and it was our job to go out and make sure we dictated to the other players what Wayne wanted. But to the media, Wayne was relaxed, you know, he let us do what we wanted to do. But no, that's why we were so successful because Wayne left it upon the players. Once players police players, trust me, you have a better locker room and culture starts being built. Because how do you come into a locker room, let's say, If Matthew throws the ball eight times, uh, uh, just say receiver A, and receiver A drops six of the eight balls that's right in his hands, is that Matthew Stafford's fault or that's receiver A's fault? Mm -hmm. Most people say it's Matthew Stafford's fault. How is that? So Matt should say, you know what, I'll take the heat in the media, but behind closed doors, Oh no, look here, me and you got a problem, cause now you're making me look bad. That's when, you know what I mean, you start getting control of the locker room. Oh, I'll take the heat in the media, but no, brother, bro, that's your fault. That's <laughs> your right, so. fault, no if, ands, or buts. <laughs>
1: Okay, I like that, but I I gotta ask you this. So at first it sounded like you're you're on board with Matt Patricia and didn't think it was fair he was getting killed because yeah that's what this team needed. We haven't had a tough coach. Then it seemed like you circled back to, um, no. you know maybe he shouldn't be as tough because he just do it behind No, no, no doors. No no which no he does no no no.
2: Look you 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 got to realize now. <laughs> okay. I came from Jimmy Johnson. Yeah. Okay. Jimmy Johnson was probably one of the winningest coaches besides Tom Landry in the Dallas Cowboy era, okay? Now, Jimmy came from what? The you, baby, <laughs> and it was win at all cost. Yeah. Jimmy was like, who? Wayne Fonts. I don't have to yell, scream, and kick with you in front of the media, but behind closed doors, boy, you better know, heads are going to be rolling, and you cannot fault. Matt Patricia, he was groomed up under. Oh, I knew it. Uh, Belichick, Belichick. Yeah. And so yeah. when you groom a person up under, up under Belichick, Belichick, he he's not friendly with the media. He's not friendly with his players. So Belichick is no nonsense. You know, twenty four hours a day. So yeah. when when Matt Patricia came over, you're gonna expect for him to be no-nonsense 24 hours a day. And so when players, you got to remember that, these kids nowadays are not used to that. They were not used to the Belichick way. So now here brings in Matt Patricia, oh, well, you got to do it my way. And they're used to Jim Caldwell saying, well, guys, can you uh, be a little bit more assertive? They weren't used to that. So, look, of course, his first two years, he's going to get some pushback. But to me, you got to stay the Matt Patricia way. That's how you build your brand in Detroit. Stay the Matt Patricia way. If guys don't like it, you're going to have more more times than not, you're going to have guys that want coaches to tell them what they're doing wrong. If you want to be. A success. Now, if you just want to be an average player, yeah, you could just come and come and make the money and just be in the league and not ever being a superstar.
1: So, Benny, you got me fired up over here. It sounds like you B L E
2: A V and Matt Patricia. Is that right? Hey, look. I believe in Matt Patricia. I love Matt Patricia. Yes. Okay. Oh, man. Matt that's Patricia great. is one of those throwback coaches. You, you got to love him. <laughs> you got to. I just want him to to get some of those players. Those Sometimes you need maybe like eight or ten of those throwback players that's going to do all that dirty work. Because think about it. Besides the Tom Brady's in New England, most of those defensive players are what? Throwback players. They they, they they play multiple positions and so you 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 need that that's what we're going to need in the lions organization to get back to where I know I want them to be that's that's winning what is that the central now the north what do you call it it's the north, it's the north now, right? now benny it's the okay, north it's the north now so we are going to need some of those players so I am I'm, I'm tired of the green bays now the Minnesotas are starting to take over for the Green Bay. I don't I don't like those guys very much. So I need for my Lions to be on top of the division. It's it's coming, Benny. It's coming, I'm
1: telling you. This year, next year, watch out for these Lions. But I think Derek, you Yes.
2: Derek? <laughs> yes, sir. I am also a fan. <laughs> oh, yeah. Look, We're I down. told you I I I only have a, l- a little bit of patience when it comes to rookies. yeah. And like I told you, after that sixth, seventh game of the season, uh, Mr. Okuda, if you're listening, <laughs> you're gonna have to strap it up and you have to be a player. Because uh. Look, fans believe that the Lions should be at the top of the division every single year. Every year, and I'm no different because I told you from my first show, I get beat up down here for believing in the Lions. Man, oh, my gosh, especially if the Dolphins have a better record than the Lions, oh, man, I got to hear that day in and day out
1: you're not going to have to hear it, Benny. This this team's going to get it turned around. They haven't won, which is why Patricia's got beat up. But I think the key thing you said that I just want to reiterate and then we'll, uh, we'll move on to our next topic is, is you said that, you know, Belichick, Jimmy John, some of these coaches, like, um, you know, Matt Patricia doesn't throw his players under the bus in front of the media. He doesn't um say stuff, but like you say, when that door closes, yeah, he's going to be in your face. If you're not performing, I bet you he's the same way too. If you play really well, He's going to come up and say, man, you kicked ass last week. Like you played a great football game, but he's not going to uh, sugarcoat it, you know, behind closed doors in the media. He's going to give you all these bland answers and basic stuff. The only people that have been coming out in the media and killing this guy have been the, the players that that they either traded or moved on. So I think he's on the right track, like you said, with being tough. Um, on the practice field and behind the scenes, and also giving the players the praise when they do well in the media, but not but not criticizing them. So, I think we're on we're on a right track there. I'm fired up that you are a Matt Patricia guy. That that excites me. We'll have good uh, good shows from here on out based on that. And you were fired up today, Benny. I like it. So, I want to throw this next one to you that you can have some fun with. Tell us a great culture story. You know, one where the Lions uh, with you with the Lions where you had you know it was a great culture moment. And then maybe give us one too where it's just like. Oh man, our culture, our chemistry was way off, and it was uh, it was tough for the team. Hit us with a couple stories
2: before we take our b- commercial break here. Cultural moment, nineteen ninety one. I'm, I'm sure every fan in Detroit remembers nineteen ninety one. When you bleed and you sweat and you live and you die with your your, your comrades on a on a football field, Mike Utley set a tone and a culture that ran through us like a brush fire. Okay? Because he literally gave it all and before every season we always say, "Guys, we're going to go out, we're going to give it all." We're going to give it all. And when a guy actually does that, when I'm talking about it spread through us like a brush fire, and we went through the rest of that season, and that's what you're talking about, culture. And when we talk about unculture, okay, when you strip a team of what they've built. 1993, from that 1991 team, there was nobody in that locker room that you can build around it was a few of us left and so that's how you know coaches and management can break apart culture that's been built like i told you earlier players in a locker room build a brand and a culture that's there you bleed you sweat you toil day in afternoon nights for one another that's what makes great football teams i'm not talking about average football teams great football teams if you want to be average there's no culture when you want to be great you make sure you hold that guy next to you accountable
1: Benny, there's uh, no follow-up needed. You are on fire today. I mean, the people, I've got to be ready to strap it up and get out on the field listening to you today. So um, both great anecdotes about culture, good and bad, and uh, great stuff there. So let's go ahead and take a break, get our sponsor in here. And we're not done. We're coming back. And I got more culture questions for Benny. We're also going to finish the show out with a couple Ask Benny's, uh, some fans, and people sent some questions in. So we'll get his thoughts on that. So everybody, we'll take a quick break. We'll be right back what's going on believe in lines listeners now i got a question for you what's the number one sign of a bad home security system a home security system that's so complicated you never use it that's exactly the type of system simply safe has spent a decade fighting against simply safe was designed to be easy to use while protecting your whole home 24 7 order online Open the box, place the sensors, plug it in, and your home is protected around the clock. It's that simple. Head to simplysafe.com slash team and get free shipping and a 60-day money-back guarantee. That's simplysafe.com slash team. It feels good to fear less. in Lions listeners, we're back from the break. Thank you so much for listening to our sponsors. Please uh, remember to go hit that subscribe button on iTunes. That really helps us out. Uh, Leave us a five-star review. That helps our show get uh, noticed by all the different Lions fans out there. And uh, like I say, we're on Spotify, iTunes. You can find us on Stitcher and basically any other podcast platform you'd like. TuneIn is another one I know a lot of people uh, use as well. So please definitely do that. It's been great. Uh, these first few shows, talking with uh, Lions legendary safety, Benny Blades. Uh, today he is just you know motivating the lions fan the one pride uh, nation out there to get fired up for this football team as we're only a couple weeks away from from football and uh, you know before you know it we will be in the beginning of September we'll be playing real games it's going to be a crazy year can't wait for it so benny my first question after the break to you this is a this is a tough one and this is a big one i think for the the team and, and the fan base and everybody the lions haven't won benny i don't know if you noticed we haven't won a playoff game since you were around Um, we, we haven't had too many winning, winning seasons. How much does the, does that, you know, the fact of not having many wins most years or having lots of tough losses and heartbreakers at the end, how does that impact the overall culture?
2: It it impacts it tremendously. I always tell people when you, uh, courting a top free agent, the first thing they look at, well, have those guys been winning? I know the money is important, but do they have the capacity, the ability? What is the culture of that organization? That's what free agents look at. You, you sure they don't that.
1: check the weather report? They might. They might no, want to see how no. how warm they're, it is. No, they're they're
2: they're not Benny Blades. They're not checking the weather reports. <laughs> okay, but, you know, look. But then again, I did go to Seattle where it rained 90% of the time. So, so, so it can't be cold or rainy. Man, you, you got a, you got limited spots you can play. Yeah. But, you know, in, in, in today's game, man, these, these young kids, they do. They, they look at the cultures. You know, we always say in sports, the rich get richer. Yep. Because they, they've built a brand and a culture that free agents want to come to. And that's what we're missing now in Detroit. What 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 is our culture? What What do we stand for? What do we believe in? Okay? And until we can make the NFL stand up and say, man, I want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of that wildfire that's over in Detroit. See, people don't get it until they start playing for Detroit. It's something about that motor city, those fans there. Until you come and you play for them, you don't know what that city's all about. You can only go by what people are telling you who's played for the Lions and who's thinking about playing for the Lions. Those are two different versions. If you get a guy who's very disgruntled because Matt Patricia has called him out privately about his play now he's angry but why 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 is he angry you haven't lived up to the billing and so you're a free agent you're on your way out don't muddy the waters with somebody who wants to come in and make the program better that's what we're, what we're going through right now you get a lot of guys yeah in their exit they're they're, they're pissed off because May may it be a little bit of money. May it be personality conflicts. But for whatever reason, they're angry. They're on their way out. So they're mudding the waters for the culture that he's trying to build there. And like I told you earlier in the show, it takes time to build a culture because you got to get guys in that locker room that believe in one another. That's going to ride or die with that coach. No matter what anybody else says about the team, those guys in that locker room, they come together and they fight for one another, back to back, against all odds. They're against, they they're they're for one another. And so, when you take that away by somebody you know who's on his way out, and he says, "Man, don't go to Detroit, man. That's not where you want to be. That's a terrible organization." <laughs> you know, you you got to think about why why is he saying that.
1: Yeah, there's been a lot of that recently. Let let me ask you this. Um, You know, if you go to a team that either has an established culture, do you think that, like, leads to wins? Like, hey, we've always won here, so it helps them win more? Or do you think that starting to win or having a lot of winning records – is like what actually builds the culture so which way do you think it is culture helps get w's and helps uh you know the team or is it more like once you start getting w's and championships hey we just have a culture based on that
2: well i i've i've seen teams go i'm I'm gonna take the kansas city chiefs for example (laughs) they're the world champions but three years ago they had to build a culture Andy Reid has stayed, and he's built what? He's built the culture now. Everybody wants to be a Kansas City Chief. But it's, it's, it's taken him three to four years to build that.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, there's, there's there's been some winning seasons, some losing seasons, but it's been consistency along the way. Okay, well, I missed out on this piece of the puzzle. I'm a plug in two more that's going to give me what i need and so when he's starting to light that fire and now i mean i guarantee every free agent you 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 have that's thinking about free agency oh man they're telling the agent hey call kansas city and see see can i come over there <laughs> because why they've he's built the culture there and so yeah. It's it's, it's that process that the the, the Lions are enduring right now, okay? It's year two. He's gotten rid of some of the maybe fan favorites, but when you hold somebody accountable, accountability is what is needed. If I hold you accountable and you're not living up to my expectations, then no, I'm not giving you that big contract that you want. So I have to part ways with you and try to see, can I get one or two guys to come in and fill that void. And sometimes you, 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 you win, sometimes you lose. But as long as, like I said, those 53, it's gonna take those 53 from Matthew Stafford to the 53, 53rd man on the roster to say, you know what? We're all playing for one another. Win, lose, or draw. We're in this together. You can't have the top 10 want to win and the bottom 43 saying, man, I'm just here to get this check, man. It don't even matter to me. <laughs> I don't want you on my team with me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think the Kansas City example uses is good, and it's also relatable to Detroit as well because – you know Kansas City's not the not some glamorous place to live or you know they haven't had a, a bunch of super bowls they they had been a pretty decent team you know over the last few decades from time to time you know really good other years not so good and then they put it together. You know, you got the culture going with Andy Reid. You got the quarterback. You started to put some W's and, and play some exciting football. And that's why everybody wants to go to KC now. And, and they also have a great fan base, just like Detroit. So I that's feel right. like all all Detroit is missing are those W's. And let's say Matt Patricia goes out and gets 10 plus W's this year. Um, has that mojo. Has a team that's exciting to watch. Fun. Um, it, you know, got that swag that we talk about. Like like you said, I there's no doubt that people would turn their – you know tune and want to come to Detroit be like man they got something going there oh they got a new culture going on there over there go. but but it hasn't happened yet because they haven't uh, they haven't got wins you know like you said year two he's heading into year three here Matt Patricia so um he's got to get W's this year he gotta you know potentially even make the playoffs and uh but you know it, it, it's, it's, it's so
2: it's so interesting Derek like I, like I told you we have been in so many of those ball games in the fourth quarter and yep. we just find a way to lose it and it's so heartbreaking that's the difference between winners and people that are right on the cusp when and- when you're on that cusp you kind of don't really believe that you you can win once you start winning you start putting those w's like you said together now those Tough games in the fourth quarter, you believe that you're gonna win the game. It's not it's not that question mark in your head, Oh man, I wonder if we can win. No, you're gonna go out and say, Man, look, man, it's third down, we're gonna get off the field, or it's third down and I'm gonna make a touchdown. <laughs> There's no doubt when you when you have put together a string of W's. But when you only You win one, then you lose one, then you lose a second one, then you win one, and you're up and down on that roller coaster. Guys have doubts. But when you start stringing together those Ws, man, it ain't no doubt in that fourth quarter.
1: Right, and people will say, like you just said, that the Lions, because they haven't won – yeah, they don't come up big late in ball games. They don't make that extra play. They don't have that grit. Benny, should I just send this podcast up to Allen Park and tell Matt Patricia to play this so you, you can motivate these guys? Because I think we need to get you in a in a coaching capacity or we need you in a huddle telling these guys to, hey, I had enough of this. Let's, let's get going. Let's get this win. Let's make this play. I mean, can we make that happen maybe?
2: Yeah, shoot it right up to him. Tell Matt, <laughs> just listen to Benny for just a half a second. You don't have to take everything I said, but just play for the players. He's a former player, cause I believe in those guys so much. I'm gonna tell you, it hurts when I go to alumni weekend. I see the youthfulness, the the athleticism. I want those guys to start stringing together and start saying, you know what? We're gonna, if we don't win for nobody else, let's win for these old guys. These old guys that want to see us. Knock their their records off the wall and say, you know what, we're going to be NFC North Division champions for years in a row.
1: It's going to happen, Benny, I'm telling you, we're looking forward to it. So um, this is one I really want to ask you, and I think you'll have an interesting answer. Like, what type of things did you do? to build good team culture. Like how how did you have those, you know, when you talk about culture too, it's about having those relationships with your teammates where, you know, you can count on the next guy. You're able to build those over time with your teammates and coaches. Like what kind of actual things did you do to help out the Lions culture when you were, you were in the Honolulu blue and silver?
2: Well, I tell you what, I'm going to give you one in a locker room and I'm going to give you a Benny blaze story outside of the locker room. Okay. Number one, when you're in a locker room, I didn't care who you were, you know? We all knew number 20 was off limits, but me and, and Barry had, had, a, had, had a different rapport. I look at him and say, all right, man, it's 20 time. Because he already knew, look, that three-six, we were ready to rock and roll every, <laughs> it didn't matter. You could cut off my, my left pinky toe, I'ma still play. <laughs> uh, yeah, But as, as long as we knew number 20 was ready to rock and roll, look, Barry, Barry wasn't going to say nothing at all. He wasn't going to say nothing. If he said five words in the locker room, I think we all, all our uh, our drawers would just drop to the floor. <laughs> yeah, he, he didn't have to say anything. Spielman didn't have to say anything. You had guys like that, but when it came down to myself, Lomas Brown, Jerry Ball, Kevin Glover, oh, we was going to tell you how we felt about you. If you wasn't living <laughs> up to your end, of the expectations you bet believe i was gonna get across the locker room i don't know why you going to the pay room on tuesday you ain't did nothing and everybody oh man Bennett, why you telling me because he ain't did nothing what what did he do to deserve a check you ought to get somebody that played good they your check i just um, kept i kept it real with him in the locker room if you ain't did then why you getting paid so, so let me ask
1: you this, when, when you call somebody out and even if it's justified, like how, how do you then come back later when they play well or when they, and have that relationship? Cause some guys it can call you out, but you obviously had that respect and had that rapport with the guy to say, Hey, he's not living up. I'm going to call him out, but we're still going to be able to be teammates. How, how'd you make that? Well, look, it, for,
2: for me, it was never anything personal. Yeah, It wasn't never nothing personal. You know, so if you had thin skin, don't come around me. I'm uh, Look, bro, <laughs> I came from the U to where we uh, it, it didn't matter. We had a whole bunch of locker room full of trash talkers. You know yep. what I'm saying? And so if in our locker room down in Miami, if I could tell Mike, man, that was a horrible game, you bet next week he going to try to have a spectacular game. So when I got to Detroit, look, oh, my God. Like I told you, my first two years, it wasn't nobody. How do you not hold him accountable? Man, this man getting ready to get a check that he didn't deserve. So if you play well the next week, bro, that's what I'm talking about. I need that every week. Because when you know it's in them, like they say, it's either that dog is in you or that dog ain't. You can't make that dog hunt. You can't. Oh so we need a
1: couple of players like you're talking about in the Lions locker room right now because we have a lot of quiet guys, a lot of good guys, but we need a couple of people that will not only say truth but stir it up a
2: little bit to uh to get them over the hump, I think. Well, like I told you, you you need those throwback players. Everybody can't be that silent leader. You understand? Know I agree. When when yeah. when you have the Detroit's produce a rare talent. That's why they retired at number 20. Most of those guys that wore that number 20, from Lim Barney to Billy Sims to Barry Sanders, were quiet leaders. You understand? They ain't, Those guys didn't have to say much. Chris Billman didn't have to say much. Every now and then, you're going to need some Lomas Browns, some Kevin Glovers, some Ben Blades in your locker room that say, whoa, whoa, whoa. Because when you play well, I'm I'm gonna be the first off the field to treat you, man. Come on, the first five, six, seven drinks on me, cause boy, <laughs> you sure lived up to what. That's what I'm talking about. I didn't mind, you know, showing guys my gratitude when you played well. I didn't mind that, you know. So I put not only my body on the line, but I put my funds on the line, bro. When you play well, I always tell people: when you look good, you play good. If you play good, everybody in the stadium is gonna know you played well. Ain't no use you you looking good in your uniform and you play like garbage. <laughs> Give him the garbage uniform. <laughs>
1: oh my goodness, Benny! This is this show is off the charts today. I'm I'm right with you. And the, the I got a big question to ask you to end this uh, portion of the show. But the one thing I wanted to say is. I love what you said because sometimes I feel like people only point out the negatives, you know, or say, like, oh, you're not playing well. You need to step up. You need to do this. But that only works if you're willing to also say, man, you balled out today. Like, uh, I'm going to take care of you or I I need that every week. That's the kind of leadership you got to have is both sides. Like, don't tell me always when I'm doing good, but don't kill me only when I'm doing bad. If you can find that mix, which it sounds like you had, that's a true leader and a true locker room guy that you need. And like I say, the Lions had that in you, no doubt, back in the uh, back in the 90s there. So that's that's awesome stuff. Now I got to put you on the on the spot here to to end this part of the show before we get a couple ask Bennies in. We are heading into year three of Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn. We've been telling old stories. We've been talking about different things. Before you know it, Benny, a couple weeks, what a month away from today, we will be playing the Chicago Bears in Ford Field. Like what does this culture look like now based on what you've seen and over the last couple of years and all the things we've talked about today and what are your expectations for the 2020 Detroit Lions or even moving forward the next couple of years like what are your expectations for them based on what you
2: see benny blades i'm on, i'm only going to take it one year at a time right now this year in this pandemic i'm going to see my lions right now being 11 and 5 I, I just, I just, I just believe it because B L E A V Benny. There you go. I, I, I believe that these young guys have, upon the Matt Patricia, they, 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 they put the nucleus and an ingredient together to where they're gonna come out and they believe in the old ball coach. You know, they, they, they believe it. in what, what, what he's trying to do, and and I really think, you know, without that the Ohio State mentality, Mr. O'Coon would have come right in and he'll fit what Matt's trying to do. And Benny, eleven and five. That's a that's an it, NFC North,
1: aka NFC Central back in your day. Champion. That's what I'm talking about, baby.
2: <laughs> We're gonna win the North this year. That's, that's what a home I'm talking playoff about.
1: game right there. I mean you're you're putting it out there for the people right now. A home playoff game, winning the division, eleven and five. You love this culture, you love what this team's uh, heading towards.
2: That's right. And that's why like I told, you I want him to play this for these guys so that way they don't make Ben and Blaze look bad. <laughs> I, I, 11 and 5 baby. You 11 and 5. I need that. <laughs> you you believe in them? They got to believe in
1: each other and go out and go out and get it done. No excuses. Let's get some W's. So, uh I love that. I I'm right there with you. I think that uh, it's going to be a trying year, but uh you know, barring any major injuries, uh this team's ready to roll. Matt Patricia's got a good balance of tough guy and also a player type coach now he's got his type of guys in there um they've got the offense they've got players on defense now that know the scheme let, let's go do it let's uh let's win this thing so um great stuff benny can we do a few questions before we get out of here some hashtag ask benny yeah let me i'm gonna see what you're gonna ask benny All right, Uh, this first one I picked out again. I just picked out a couple fan questions You guys got to keep sending these in if they're not uh, top quality. I can't give them to the legendary safety But I just picked out a couple here. This one's from John Nicholson John Nicholson's a big supporter of this show and the other Lions podcast I do and he said I'd be interested in knowing who Benny thought was his best coach ever and why
2: Well you know it wasn't Daryl Rogers, so if for all those Daryl Rogers fans, I'm sorry, you know? <laughs> and after that, I, I've only had Wayne Fonts. And uh, I tell you what, Wayne might have been the head coach, but his brother Lenny, Lenny Fonts was the best secondary coach I, I, I had, bar none. And I don't, I don't take that away from my you my family but bar none, as far as a secondary coach, Lenny showed me some ins and outs of, of the professional game that, that really took my game to a, a higher level, and that's why from ninety, from ninety to ninety one to ninety two, all the way up until my my last year in Detroit. I mean, tragically, Lenny died, but uh, he he was taking me to a whole new level. As a coach, so Lenny Fonts was probably the best coach I've ever had.
1: Good stuff there. I want to put you on the spot with a little follow-up question. We knew that you only had the the one, basically uh, main lions coach, but uh, Fonts or that guy from the U. <laughs> Jimmy Johnson, who did you enjoy your time with more than, if you had to pick between those two guys? Obviously, you love them both. You know, no, no shade on either one. But right. um, if, if you had to go with either of those head guys, who, who, would, you, who would you go with if you, if you want to pick?
2: Look, Jim, Jimmy took me from a boy. I'm, I'm literally say it like that. He took me from a boy to a man. He took me to the man that the Detroit Lions saw every single Sunday. That's why, look, I'm I'm a forever being in, in indebted and grateful to Jimmy for who I am, even to this day. I mean, I, I, there's 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 no knock on Wayne Fonts. No, you know, Wayne Wayne was a good coach, but when I tell you, even after my 92 season, and I saw Jimmy on the off season, and I was a free agent. Well, I thought I was gonna be a free agent. And he tried to persuade me to come and put that star on my helmet. And uh, Chuck said, no, you'll, you'll never be a free agent here. And that, that, that kind of hurt Jimmy to his heart. <laughs> 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 but I'm, 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 I'm glad I stayed in, in Detroit. You know, like I said, you know, it, me and Jimmy just had a, a, a special relationship. Even till this day, we have a special relationship. I mean, he he talks to me like a like a son, and uh, I I look up to the wisdom that that he has. So you know, Jimmy will be forever my all-time favorite coach that goes from youth league all the way through
1: the pros. No doubt, good stuff. And again, nothing against Wayne Fonts, but you know, Benny was gonna do it because it's all about the you, right, Benny? All about that you, baby, forever. All right. So Benny, these last few, these, these are important questions. Now, a good buddy of mine for gosh, a many, many years now, his name's Mike Grifka. Uh, we do a podcast twice a week talking lions and we have a bunch of fun. We laugh. I, I, we get after each other. We have big time arguments. And like I said, he's a, uh, he's one of the bigger Betty, Benny, Blade Benny blades fans out there. I mean, he, uh, He's always repped you and couldn't believe when we were going to have you on the show and uh, just a tremendous guy. So I was like, Grifka, we need some questions from you to Benny Blades. And, you know, maybe we can get him on the show. I know he'd love to talk with you and talk about your career. He's a big fan back when you played, all that type of stuff. But he sent me three questions. So I thought you I'd hit you with these Grifka questions. You can give him some good answers here on some things he wanted to know. First question he put, what team did you love to play against? And what team did you hate to play
2: against? Well, I, I answered that hate question before. I just hated going to the Lambeau Field. <laughs> I hated the Green Bay Packers. I, I and it, it's, it's one of those things. I, I know they were in back then the NFC Central, and it's, it's one of those things you were supposed to hate anyway. But I just hated going to Lambeau Field because they always schedule that game. What? In December or late – look, who does that? We play indoors. (laughs) I'm a Floridian. You're going to make me keep going to Lambeau Field in December? Don't do that to me. Don't do that. So that just made me hate, hate, hate the Green Bay Packers. Now, as to the other question, (laughs) I used to always enjoy. When I tell you enjoy playing against the Chicago Bears it, it wasn't that I hated them. I just enjoyed playing against them because they were, they were one of those teams because they, they were, growing up for me, they will always be the monsters of the midway. Gales Sayers, Dick Buckers, you know, down and dirty. The monsters of the midway. And so every time I would go and play Chicago, I would say, man, I'm going to make sure Benny Blaze has the best game of his career. And I I thought about that every time I would go to Soldier Field because my second year in Chicago, and I gotta tell this story real quick. Sweetness was on the sideline, God (laughs) rest his soul. He was on the sideline. I had just knocked their huge tight end out of bounds. Bow! (laughs) Knocked him four yards up under the bench. And I look up and Walter Payton was standing there, and he looked at me and said, son, you gonna be one hell of a player in this league. (laughs) And I just Mm. looked and I ran back to the hall. I say, hey man, look, Walter Payton just told me I'm gonna be one of the best players in this league. And I, I, I just couldn't believe it. So every time I went to Soldier Field, I just thought about that. Man, let me make Walter Payton proud because he told me I was going to be one of the best players in it. And you can go back and look at all my game film. Every time I play Chicago, I wanted to make Sweetness proud because he predicted that I was going to be one of those good players in this league.
1: Oh, man, that, that's great stuff. Uh, first of all, uh, Grifka hates the Packers as well. He always reminds me that the, the NFL loves them because the trophy's named after their coach. <laughs> he always makes that point, uh, why they get all the calls and why you can't stand them. So that's great. He he's not a fan of the Bears either. So if you're knocking people out of bounds, he loves that. And uh, it sounds like a lot of the greats in the game, Jimmy Johnson as well as uh, Sweetness. They, they gave you that same quote. You're going to be a heck of a player. Uh, um, so that that's uh, that's obvious that you were you were top of the line. Benny, before I ask you this next question, can you give Grifka a little shout-out? I didn't tell him I'd do it on this show, but Mike Grifka, my good buddy, a big fan of Benny Blades, can you give him a little uh, shout-out, maybe fire him up about the Lions or something real quick before we get
2: to his other two questions here? Mike Grifka, this is your boy, Benny Blades. Look here, B-L-E-A-V. Please continue to believe in our Lions. Go Lions!
1: Awesome stuff. Uh, the next one he had was he said, "Did you model your game after any certain player?"
2: One player I've always wanted to be. I I know he's get shunned because of the way he played. It was Jack Tatum. I grew up loving, loving, loving the Oakland Raiders. I know they're the Las Vegas Raiders now, but forever they will always be the Oakland Raiders because Jack Tatum showed me. I mean, I was a running back and a quarterback in high school and youth league. And so when I got down to Miami and they made me a safety, I said, whoo, I get a chance to be like my my hero because Jack Tatum used to knock the snot out of people. I I used to just love that. You know, it, it, it wasn't that he was big in stature, he was fast. He just played with so much, you know, Physicality that the other players say, man, I ain't going across that middle. I I see Jack back there, and that that's that's what I wanted people the the fear in me, that you came across that middle, of, me and William White should call it the, the the danger zone. You come between the hashes, no, you you got to get punished, baby.
1: oh man that's uh that's a great one no doubt now uh benny to end the show i i almost hate to end on this because i don't even know what this question is but maybe you do if you don't we'll have to i'll have to circle back with griff so his third question he said it's non-football he said on a scale of one to ten how cool is uncle luke do you know what he's referencing there
2: (laughs) you don't know who uncle luke is Uh uh-uh Oh, no! It's Mr. Nasty as you want to be. That Look, before there was a Mr. 305, look, I always tell people, if you don't know anything about South Beach and the little hot, nasty girls that be shaking their butts all over the place, this is a guy that created that. He don't mm. get the credit for that, but he created that whole genre. When he came to Detroit, they banned him. Okay, from doing some of his shows in Detroit. That's why when he I ain't gonna never forget, he came to Detroit. He was doing a show um, on the east side of Detroit. And I, I went down there to see him. And he said, Blaze, man, it's like being back in Miami. I'm gonna I'm nickname this Freak Troy. <laughs> so that kind of stuck every time he saw me, Blaze, how's Freak Troy, man? He said, Boy, look at them girls right there. They just as nasty as, as Miami Beach, and so that that that's why he said that. Cause Luther Campbell, that 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 song you you keep playing, that's where yep. that derives from. It's all about the you. Oh my goodness. So
1: so I would say you you calling him a ten. Uncle Luke's a ten. I I know nothing about this, but uh, no Uncle Luke have to off the
2: radar, up. man. You can't just leave him at a ten <laughs> in the stratosphere of what he's done. Man, he probably about a hundred. Everybody that's gotten into this rap game, even guys like Snoop Dogg, they 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 pay homage to. He put rap music on on the on the radar. This man got arrested and everything for what he what he's done for rap music. So, I, I tell people, you, you, he was created. He's the, the inventor of all that nasty culture that y'all see today. Wow, uh, what a way you to might, end You better go and do your your homework on him, Derek.
1: I was gonna say we, we got some we got some ladies in here. We're talking hip hop. I mean, these these are some of my things. I mean, I'll have to i have to study up. That's a that's a good question, by Griff Guy. Yes, so. he he, look at he, <laughs> he, was, he was
2: one of the first rappers. That uh, what did Phil Donahue put on his show? <laughs> go, go, look, go look at that clip, and that's gonna tell you who Luther Campbell and the Two Live Crew. <laughs>
1: Okay, I I will uh I will have to brush up on this, but a good question by guy you had a lot of fun with that one. And hey Benny, we're uh we're out of time here, man. You you fired me up. I know the people that are listening to this are just gonna get a kick out of everything that we talked about from uh, culture of the team. You given a great prediction about uh, you know the record and winning the North, the NFC North. You also pumped up Matt Patricia, which which gets me excited. I thought this was a really fun show. What'd you think? I
2: loved it, you know. Coming from the place where I've I been at all day long, I was down in the dumps because when you, when you, when you lose somebody, Derek, you know what I mean. This show has brought me back, you know, to to, to life again. And I appreciate you for giving me this outlet today, because even my wife over there said, "Man, you energized today." I mean, I I but, but she'll tell you when I walked in from. From uh the wake today, I I was kind of down. She said, "Well, what's wrong, babe? You know, you're just down in dumps." But you know, I I appreciate you. Appreciate you today. You you, you gave me an outlet.
1: Oh, very cool. Well, like I said, I know you've been you've been going through some things with the ex- extended family there in South Florida. So, um, you know, I just appreciate you uh coming on the show and bringing the energy and bringing the intensity and the takes you had today. The fans are gonna love it. I had a great time, and uh, we both B L E A V and the Lions. I know I can say that for you and for me, Benny. So we're we're close to football. That's exciting, and I can't wait to talk to you next week right here on the show. All right, me too. Once again. Go Lions. <laughs> no doubt. Everybody, thank you so much. Uh, thanks, many Blades. What a great show this was. Uh, hit that subscribe button. Share this one with a friend. This is a must listen. Uh, we'll be back next week talking all things Lions right here I Believe in
2: Lions. Take
1: care, everybody. We're out.
0: I
2: believe. I believe. I believe. If I can get respect from these guys, I'm going to darn well get respect. And I'm going to demand the respect from anyone else